Today we're talking about a new drama called 20,000 Species of Bees, which is about a trans child and her family. Here's film critic Larushka Ivanzada. And the conflict and the inner conflict that the, the child is going through has ripples throughout the family. So everybody's affected in different ways. And it's all about not conforming, but trying to find your own space within the hive. And if you don't find your right place, then the whole hive goes off. So we all have a responsibility to try and, you know, see the right person. I also talked to the film's writer-director, Estibaliz Oresola Solagoren, in today's Girls on Film. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith. Today I'm talking about a film called 20,000 Species of Bees. It's a beautiful and heartfelt drama about an eight-year-old trans girl played by Sofia Otero, who won the Silver Bear for Best Leading Performance at the Berlin Film Festival in 2022. Otero plays a trans girl who rejects her given name, Aitor. She sometimes goes by the name Coco, but ultimately she would like to be Lucia. We follow her and her family over a summer holiday in the Basque country as they all navigate identity, family and their place in the world. Before speaking with the writer and director of 20,000 Species of Bees, I'm joined by critic Larushka Ivan Zada to discuss her perspective on the film, particularly as a mother. Here's Larushka. Well, Larushka, welcome back to Girls on Film. Oh, thank you for having me back. I love every time I get to say that because it is a joy to have you on Girls on Film. <laughs> so thank you for being here. And thank you for talking about 20,000 Species of Bees, which is just screened at LFF and is coming out shortly. I thought this was a very, very interesting film. For the listeners who haven't uh, yet read about it or seen it, would you be able to set it up for them and tell us a little bit about the story? Yeah, so this is a coming-of-age film for an eight-year-old who's known as Aitor, and they are the youngest of three children in the family, and the family is breaking apart. The mother and the father are squabbling, the children are squabbling, and the mother decides to take the children away for, I think, holiday um, to visit her mother, who lives on the border of the Basque country. So I think they start on the French side of the Basque country and then they go to the Spanish side of the Basque country. And the youngest child, the lead, the protagonist in the film, is full of conflict and sort of just trying to find their own identity in the world. They uh, have long hair and so people often say that they're a girl and gender them as a girl. That's how they would like to be gendered, but they were born a boy. So it's trying to find their place in that world and that the protagonist spends a lot of time with her great aunt who's a beekeeper and learns to find their place through, I suppose, like, you know, finding their place in nature and the natural world. Beautifully described, and it is such an atmospheric film. I love that setting that you mentioned there, and and the fact that this child kind of feels most at home and most at peace 
amongst the bees and with the sort of wisdom of this beekeeper. It's rather beautiful. Is this a subject that particularly interests you? And what did you think about the way the filmmaker approached this? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's a subject that interests a lot of us these days. The idea of a of a child transitioning and, of course, trans rights is such a hot button topic. In fact, I can imagine lots of people almost being wary of the film or wary of discussing it in case they say something that's incorrect and, and they sort of put their foot in it. I think what's really lovely about this film is the way it explores this hot button topic with such a kind of beautiful sense of openness and inquiry, as well as compassion and huge emotional intelligence. So I think a lot of people are kind of interested in exploring this area, wanting to know a bit more about, you know, the, all the different sides of it. And I think what this film allows is a way into that. It's very natural through this eight-year-old exploring their own identity and the way that it's done is, I don't know, it's just got such a, a gentleness and lightness of touch about this child's struggle and the nurture and the nature involved because they are the youngest of three children. They've had the same upbringing in a way as their brothers and sisters, but they're the only one that's, you know, this child keeps going, but, but why can't I find who I am? Why do you all seem to know your place in the world? Why do I not know my place in the world? Why is that? And the film asks that, but in a very sort of, yeah, gentle, probing way. But there isn't anything heavy handed. There isn't anything hysterical. It's just a beautiful way of exploring the topic. It's a very subtle film, isn't it? And there's so mm. much empathy and a terrific central performance as well. Absolutely incredible. You know, it's very interesting. There's a few moments where... The mother, for example, says, well, I try to teach my children that, you know, that boys and don't worry about being boys and girls and, you know, mm. gender is a construct almost. I'm paraphrasing. But um, for you as a mother, I'd be yes. interested to get your perspective on that <laughs> because obviously there's that issue and then there's the issue of a child who identifies with a different gender than the one they were born into. I love as well the fact that this film isn't just about one character. It's about the ecosystem of a whole family and the wider ecosystem of society. And as a mother of a child of exactly the age of the protagonist in the film, I thought it was very interesting. Yes, because you have the mother kind of going, yeah, I'm teaching them that there isn't boys stuff and girls stuff. There's just stuff. And in a way, in the film, that should be compassionate, but it comes across almost as gaslighting because the child is looking for answers and they're going, but I'm struggling. I don't understand. Why Why would you not treat me in this way? What am I? And the mother is like, no, it's just this non-gendered world. They go, but it is a gendered world. This is a lie, essentially, that you're, that you're teaching me, even though she's trying to do it with kindness and empathy. It's actually not helping at all. I think it's a film as well that a lot of people might go to. Certainly I did in a way, looking for answers to questions, perhaps about parenting, perhaps about how gender comes to be in society. And I think what is great about this film is that it just sort of answers it by asking a lot of questions as well. It doesn't come in too heavy handed. We're going, this is the way of things. It's saying the best way to find the answer is just to listen a lot of the time, just to listen and to see what somebody comes up with. Everyone is complicated and there isn't a particular answer within the film and just by a sort of like letting time pass and not passing to judgment being too judgmental then you know an answer will emerge and that's what it's inviting us as the audience to do isn't it really mm. is just to observe these characters and in particular the central character and to try to understand their struggle or not in a way it's more in some ways it's more the struggle of the people around them to understand I mean they're, mm. they're, they're fairly clear they're pretty clear on what they want yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's showing like all of us that we want to be seen. And also, I think I think a lot of the things to do with the trans debate are about 
labeling and the importance of labeling and you know yeah with pronouns how we always now lots of us you know express express what pronouns we are specify what pronouns we want to be and in the film it sort of shows how important that is that it's not really about how other people label you that the, the as important or even more important is how you label yourself and finding that label and just finding and it might not be as simple as going he or she or they it's something about finding your own name and your own place and that comes from within so it's as much about the acceptance from the outside as finding your own way from the inside. There's an interesting moment in the film where the father says something which I feel is quite a familiar thing, which is how can this child know at such a young age? Mm. Um, and, and as yeah, again, I'd like to ask you as a, as a parent, how do you feel yeah. about that prejudice that a lot of people do seem to have or that assumption that people seem to have that you can't know when you're eight years old? I think with this film, you totally feel that this child feels that they should be another gender than the gender that they're born with. And that is just something that's in them. It feels very natural. I think it's easier to explore that with an eight-year-old child. I think where this film would be more complicated and I would find more difficult and probably would be as interested in finding out the debate and where that would go would be when the child is older and that they're expressing that because it's so much harder. When a child is eight, this child is meant to be a boy when we start. It's played by a girl played by an actress and it just shows how gender fluid at that age I mean you can look at a boy and see it's a girl it could be just they're wearing dungarees and and short hair and you instantly gender them as a boy and of course when you know puberty hits and things get more complicated then these debates become easier and I think in my mind at the end of the film obviously we won't give away where it ends up but it makes me think as a parent but where will this story go next and it becomes more difficult than just do I allow my child to wear a dress to a party when they're a boy when they've been born a boy or not um it gets a lot more complicated than that but having said that what i think is really important about the film is that it just shows that you know that is still in there that's in there in that child that they feel that way and it reminds me when i was growing up and and of our generation you'd see these coming of age films that they'd be about someone who was gay and exploring their sexuality and you'd you'd now you know people would go oh you know it's just because they're a mummy's boy that they feel like this or it's just because they had a parent that's like this that they feel like this and it's just them being all messed up and it's all confusing and it's just psychological and it's just at one point in this film the father says to the mother oh we've overindulged our child and that's why they're allowed to kind of get away with this ridiculous behavior that they're pretending that they're of another gender when they're not and uh and I think that, you know, we'll look back in another 10 years' time and see these stories in the same way that we now see gay coming-of-age stories. I was having just the same thought earlier. Absolutely. I do feel like it is it is the time now for these stories to be explored. And you one would hope that there have been so many, or not enough. I mean, it's always great to see no. a gay coming-of-age story, but there have been sufficient to help a lot of people understand that. And now actually, um, you know, a lot of people are, are celebrating the fact that you can have gay films where they're not trying to tackle problems. They just are. The gay characters yes. just are. Yes, but, exactly. but we're a bit behind on that. In, in, you know, it does seem in the trans issue situation. And I think it is really pleasing to see 
an increasing number of filmmakers tackling this issue with so much sensitivity. Mm. And also, as you said, because there are still a lot of people out there who are don't know how to talk about it, how to handle it. And I feel like I'm still learning. And I think films like this are really important and helpful for people who genuinely have an inquiring mind and, and, and a willingness to understand if they haven't had a personal experience of it or know someone that yeah. has, then this may be helpful to them. I think it's also things like um, in the film, you see the child go to a swimming pool and they don't want to go to the swimming pool because they don't want to, you know, they have body dysmorphia at the moment. They don't really want to reveal themselves and what they look like. They don't want to be in a swimsuit that's gendered differently. A lovely detail, I think, is that the child says to their mother, I don't want to go because I've got ugly toes and I don't want to show them at the swimming pool. And you think, I don't think it's the toes that are the issue here, <laughs> but that's the only way that they could express it. But it really made me feel how difficult it must be if you're going through that period in your life and you're very uncertain of your body and how it feel that you're in the wrong body, having that exposure of being in a gendered changing room, surrounded by people of the opposite gender that you feel, and they're all looking at you and judging you, and what the utter hell of that must be. And this child would rather not go swimming and not enjoy the swimming than go through that. And all the stuff that we hear all the time about how you have different boys changing rooms, girls changing rooms, boys' toilets, girls' toilets. And just a film like this where you see this eight-year-old going into that and just see that, you know, without all the debate that we see on these, of the news and all these sort of different hysterical things that we can all get. So just seeing it from that point of view, I found very illuminating. And I think illuminating is how I feel about this film. I feel it sort of shines this very gentle light that helps you see these topics in a kind of new way. ¿Por qué no quieres ir a la piscina a ver? Te da vergüenza. ¿Por qué te da vergüenza, cariño? Mis dedos de los pies. ¿Tus dedos de los pies? A ver. Estos dedos de los pies. Enséñamelos. Déjame verlos. Estos dedos de los pies. Yo veo estos dedos de los pies que me parecen una preciosidad y me los. Are there any other scenes that you'd like to pick out? I feel like some towards the end would be too much of a spoiler, but they are incredibly mm. powerful. Um, but any that are spoiler-free, um, any particular moments? I mean, what I would say about this story, that it, as I said, it's not just about the child. And I suppose because I'm a middle-aged mother, I, I responded to the lots of the bits that were about the middle-aged mother. So you see, there's also many other stories going on in parallel in this film. So you have the mother who is a struggling artist who hasn't really made it as an artist. She's gone back home. She's kind of ignoring her three children, particularly ignoring the needs of her youngest in order to pursue her artistic dreams. And that's just part of this whole story. That's part of it. And there's a point where her mother, I think, goes, why did you have three children? You should have only had one if you're going to basically try and become an artist because it's just selfish. And that's just sort of left hanging in this film. Like lots of questions are, it's like, well, yeah, she's got a point in a way. Like if you're not going to be with your children, why have you got that children? But she has to compromise, either she has to compromise her artistry in order to look after the children, or she has to compromise the children in order to look after her art. And as a working mother, I found a lot to, to relate to in, in that. And I think just by sort of putting lots of different characters together with lots of different needs. For example, the siblings also have something going on. The boy, the middle boy is really missing his father and a male role model. The eldest daughter, you see in one point where they're, where they're making sculptures with their mother, she talks about wanting to have this ideal body. And you just get the feeling that although we're concentrating on one member of this family, that's not everything that's going on in this film. And that what is new about this film to me, as well as being this, uh, you know, 
trans coming of age story for this child is that they're positioning it within a wider community and a wider ecosystem so that the beekeeping, to go back to the title, the great aunt shows that shows the child that, you know, to be a bee is to be part of this whole community. You know, we all have different roles in that community. You could be a drone, you could be a worker, but we all relate to each other. And the conflict and the inner conflict that the, the child is going through has ripples throughout the family. So everybody's affected in different ways. And it's all about not conforming, but trying to find your own space within the hive. And if you don't find your right place, then the whole hive goes off. So we all have a responsibility to try and you know, see the right person. That is done so well, I think, because, you know, there is a danger with that kind of, you know, metaphor for it to be hammered home. But I thought it was done yeah. so delicately with this. Who would you recommend this film to, Lurishka? I mean, in a way, I'd love it to be, I don't, what's the certificate on this film? Because I'm trying to think back when, when I was growing up and I saw My Life as a Dog, which was a very early film about this girl who wanted to be a boy. And it really stuck with me because when I, when I was growing up, I was I was a girl who, you know, off, I did want to be a boy. I was a tomboy. I would have preferred to have been a boy for a great part of my life. So I do relate to these films a lot. Um, and I think you can underestimate how mature an audience can be, a child audience can be. I mean, just looking at this actress, because she won an award, didn't she, at Berlin? That's the, right. The playing it. I mean, I think I've got a nine-year-old and at the moment, she does drama club and she is being Gloria the Hippo in a production of Madagascar. And I look at this nine-year-old <laughs> and the emotional depth that she's managed to get out of this role. And I'm just absolutely <laughs> astonished. But also it gives an insight into a child's world because um, there are scenes in this film where you see the, the children playing by a lake by themselves. As a mother, I'm like, oh, my God, what are they doing playing by the lake by themselves? <laughs> Not only are they have they have this beautiful moment that they're allowed to have because they're by themselves where the boy who wants to be a girl is speaking to the the born the born girl who says you know I, I just want to, I really like your swimsuit and they just swap because they're just it's just and they're both very matter of fact and the the girl who's born a girl just goes oh you know um yeah there's a boy in my class who has well they say a fanny but you know that that in the in the subtitles of the film and they just completely accept this as a beautiful kind of matter of course and that they're just sort of you know, allowed to be. They're just like, oh yeah, that's no biggie. What I'm interested in is you because I want to be your friend. Don't really care what's going on anywhere else in your life. Yeah, it's, it's such a lovely scene. Um, the film is a 12A uh, oh. over here for infrequent strong language and scenes of emotional upset. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it would be really interesting for 12, you know, 12 yeah. year olds and maybe slightly younger to see it because there is nothing graphic or sexual about it at all. No. It is very much about the emotional journey, isn't it? I mean, I would definitely take my 12 year old to to see it. I mean, I think a 12 year old should should definitely see it and ideally what would be lovely is if, um, yeah, parents and children went to see it together. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss, isn't there? And I hope a lot, a lot of people discuss. go, yeah, a lot of people go maybe with their partners or their friends who might have different views or different questions about this subject. But but as you say, it's, it's just a gorgeous film, regardless of that, isn't it? I mean, it's just beautiful mm. filmmaking, cinematography, lovely story of a family. It doesn't feel like it's issues driven, but it happens to touch on something that feels really important right now. So. Yeah, it feels very character-driven rather than issues-driven. And I think 
that is to its credit as a film. Definitely. Well, Larishka, thank you very much. That was film critic Larishka Ivanzada. Now, here's Estibaliz Oresola Solagoren to talk to us in more detail about her approach, her hopes, and her inspiration for what's her debut film, Very Impressive. Here's Estibaliz on 20,000 Species of Bees. Please note that this interview includes mention of suicide. Well, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you very much. And huge congratulations on the film. Such a powerful watch, very delicate and sensitive. Can you tell me, first of all, where the idea came from and what inspired you to write this? Well, paradoxically, it was a very tragic uh, tragic event that not inspired me, but moved me to, to approach the association of uh, parents with trans kids. It was um, a guy, a trans boy, 16-year-old boy, that committed suicide in 2018 in the Basque country. And it was uh, such a tragic moment that I find that uh, became like a before and after point, like a turning point in the Basque country, because up to this moment uh, there was no, no discussion on trans, identi- trans identities in the childhood right. in the Basque country. It was something that didn't exist because it wasn't uh, discussed in the, neither in the political or mediatic agenda. So uh, I often say that in the in the film, it said that uh, whatever doesn't have a name is not uh, it doesn't exist, and it happened also I think with the issue. If it's not named, it doesn't exist in the image in the collective imaginary. So if it doesn't exist, you are not going to be able to to embrace and mm-hmm. to understand properly yeah. uh, the process of these kids. So. This this boy, Ekai, left a, a letter where he was uh, hoping that with his decision um, he would be able to visibilize uh, the, tra- the the situation of trans jams, wow. young people and kids, and also to make it easier for the ones coming following him. And mm-hmm. so that was my my aim. My volunteer was to to try to make a film that could really give the opportunity to to this character, Lucia, to to have a different uh, experience, life experience, no, than the, the one that Ekai had. But I have to say also that Ekai was already accepted in the family. It wasn't committing suicide because his family wasn't accepting him, but 16 year old, it's not all about family. You are entering different layers of society, and uh, he was struggling and suffering a lot there. So, yes, I felt the need to approach this association and started interviewing many, many families with these families uh, being alongside uh, with their kids and accepting who they were. It's incredibly poignant that you made this response to that note. How have you found people have responded to the film and and also any other responses in Basque society? Has Have things changed? I really find that the answer has been, overall, it has been really positive uh, to the film. Uh, I could expect also that there 
was going to be polemic around it. Uh, but well, I, I must admit that I have been traveling with the film around different countries, but also within Spain through different and more conservative uh, territories where the film has had a, a really good response also in the audience because I feel that the film is able to express something which is very difficult to treat in the quick, fast, anxious uh, debate uh, in the newspapers. We, uh, films offers us this, this time and space um, frame yeah. where we can really explore things that deserve to be explained in another terms with another depth. So I think that somehow I was able to, to, to convey this uh, experience, this very intimate and inner experience of a girl that doesn't, it's not yet completely focused on uh, body or on surgeries or not uh, hormones, uh, like very concrete, but like trying to understand that's what a person feels, he is or she is, uh, is something really delicate, intimate, also related to, to the gaze of the other, you know, to, to, to the, the way we are seen. And, and it's such a complex thing that uh, we should approach more respectfully. And I think that, uh, that the film creates great empathy. Um, for the for the main character, for one of the main characters, Lucia, but also because I said, for me, the other main character is the mother. Yes, the mother is, is so interesting. And empathy was the word I was about to use because it is a wonderful film. I'd like to show it to anyone who is struggling to understand this topic because I think it really does do it with such sensitivity. But talk to me more about the mother and how you approached her character. For me, I wasn't... Uh... When I started thinking about the perspective or the point of view of the film, I wasn't uh, comfortable uh, with the idea of making a portrait of a trans kid going like a, a unique, uh, you know, a one-character-driven film mm -hmm. being a trans girl, the main character, because I'm a cis woman and I didn't feel myself really like mm, on that. but. Uh, I realized that um, my first uh, contacts, all my first contacts that were really, really deep and intimate was with uh, mainly with the with mothers of this association, because at the beginning they, they, there was no, no father that came to, to the interviews I asked to have. Uh, the more and more they started appearing in the latest uh, phases of um, the documentation process that took like almost two years, but at the beginning they, they weren't. And they were, the mothers were the, the channel that through I got to these realities, to these kids' uh, lives. Afterwards, I, I connected and I started meeting the, the kids, but of course that didn't happen from the beginning because it's not like uh, you are someone unknown. Yes, they, don't they need to be you. trust, doesn't yes, they? Yeah, really, we, yeah. we have to build yeah. up this trust. Because, yeah. So, and one of, of the most interesting ideas that I got from these interviews was uh, when those mothers, families, no matter, told me two things specifically, but one of them was that uh, there weren't 
they weren't the kids, the one that had made the transition, because they were who they were from the beginning. What they were lacking was the uh, skills or vocabulary, or depending on the age, but to express who they were. But uh, if so, if something had been transformed, there was the, the gaze of the others towards the the kids. So. What really was tran uh, transitioning was the whole family as a collective, no? Embracing and, and going alongside these kids, the transformation had been for all of them because everybody had to to start rethinking everything within the family. Eh? All the patterns, uh, the patterns uh, they were working with, conscient or unconsciently. Uh, everything related to gender, to identity was. Uh, needed to to be rethought, and also parents were reflecting on the way they had been raised up, and also the way they were raising up their kids. So everything was um, questioned. It was an opportunity to learn. No, right. it was yeah. a, a very positive uh, approach yeah. these families That's were great. making to yeah. the issue. Que ese niño está muy confundido. Va a estar confundido, ama, que tiene ocho años. Todas habláis y es muy fácil opinar, pero la que tiene tres hijos soy yo. And language is an interesting thing, particularly in the language you're dealing with, because there is so much gender involved, you know, and people grappling with that. In the film, do you, do you think there's a point, going back to the mother character, do you think there's a point where she starts to kind of accept and understand? Because obviously, I quite like the fact that she's quite enigmatic. You don't really know how aware she is or how accepting she is. But is there a point in the film where you feel like she kind of understands? Of course, it's a process for the mother, I think, no? It's, yeah. uh, she has, uh, for me, it was also important that uh, she had already two other kids because it's not like uh, she has raised them in the same uh, in the same philosophy and ideas and she has tried to lead them to explore um, with gender expression issues which are not directly connected to identity no I, it's something that we have to separate no things like clothes and nails and and behavioral hair or whatever and and identity they are not connected necessarily but sometimes it's true that for in this case for trans kids they use these these expressions these gender expressions to be able to be seen as they are so Anne has tried to raise he, her kids in a, the most uh, free and open way possible so they can choose. With an echo, for sure, she has made the same, but with uh, Aitor, the name that she's using at the beginning of the film, it's not exactly the same, but she's still thinking that she's exploring, that he is exploring, that perhaps she has a, a very sensitive or queer boy. I mean, mm -hmm. queer, I don't know if it's exactly the the super yeah. best traduction yeah. in English. Gay or queer, is, yeah. Perhaps oh, yeah. He, he can be gay, perhaps mm -hmm. he's just a very feminine boy, mm -hmm. or perhaps, who knows, but she's not 
really thinking about the idea that he is a she. Right. So, and also Anne is involved in many other issues at the same time that, that are, at the same time, they, they seem to be many, but they are the result of uh, one unique question that is that she's not living the, her life, honestly, to herself, no? Which could be understood also like, like a mirror uh, for, for Lucia, no? What could happen to... To Lucia, when she grows up, uh, if she is living also some other life. So for Anna, it's this point, being involved with many crises at the same time. And perhaps even if she starts acknowledging, especially this summer, when Lucia feels that in this anonymous um, environment, it's the best of the moments to embrace her identity, I guess. Or, yes, yeah. yes. So even if Anne starts acknowledging that, okay, perhaps, ah, wow, what's that? Ah, it's not really about what I was thinking about. Um, perhaps it's not the best moment for her to, to really face this uh, situation. So it's true that in a, in this very moment, perhaps her first uh, reaction is to to try to to postpone or to to deny it. But finally, it's clear that uh, she has to do something there. So for me, well, it's a process. I couldn't. But it's true that um, that the moment when they are crafting uh, these uh, self-portraits is is this moment when, for the first time, Lucia talks about herself in feminine uh, in a feminine way. Uh, in front of her mother. It's the first time her mother listens to Lucia talking like that. Mm -hmm. And that makes her like a big impact, no? We can see it in in her silence. In, and it's the, the, the first breaking point and then the, all the iceberg will start like melting or yeah, like uh, breaking down somehow. ¿Qué pasa? Nada. Era por saber, por si acaso, habías hecho algo que te gusta mucho. Pues pero no un autorretrato. Hecho a mí. Te has hecho a ti. Aquí estoy guapa. Esto es imposible. Sí. Pues ya está. That's an amazing scene. It does feel like a really important one. And the performances are so extraordinary in this film and obviously award-winning in Berlin. Can you talk to me mm. about your lead performance? I mean, Sofia is just incredible. Yes. She was just eight years old when we made the casting, nine years old when we was, she was shooting. And they often ask me about uh, how is it to work with, um, with kids, but uh, I really feel that it's not such a different uh, work Comparing to adults, it's just about uh, communicating and to finding the our language, our common language, no? And for me, it was pretty easy to 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 communicate to Sofia because she's a very intelligent uh, girl and with a huge knowledge of uh, the emotional inner world. So I noticed it uh, not from the very first cast session, because uh, there is an anecdote here, but um, after 
she was already chosen for, for the character, I realized that it was very easy to, to make her understand things that we, the adults, think that are super complex emotional feelings. And this is the, I, I don't know if in, in, in English it's said like that, but this adult centrism, you know, like, um, mm. so it was easy for me to go a little bit further each time with her and try to, to talk about and to present her different situations, more complex and, and see that she was able to understand them. Perhaps sometimes she had questions I tried to answer. And this is, uh, this is all, it's about communicating. Directing, I think it's about communicating at the end of the day. She, but it's true that she came to the very first cast session and as she is such a joyful and expressive and happy girl, completely different from the character I had written. It was difficult for us to see that uh, she was already there and that I should have not seen the rest of the 500 <laughs> girls that I, that I saw because she was already there, but we couldn't see her because we thought we, we made this quick read, no? The judgment, on, yeah. Judgment yeah. on who she was and it, it, it didn't give her the opportunity to, to try something more. but. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> I had this intuition, this intuition by the end of the cast, uh, and I realized that uh, we didn't uh, try her for the main character. So I called her back, and we made this this cast and this final cast, which was completely like surprising and and wonderful. Talk to me about the bees and obviously a great deal of symbolism there, but also just a beautiful area to explore in film. My husband used to keep bees. I love seeing it represented in film. Mm. At what point in the writing did you decide on that area? At the beginning, it was a very intuitive um, symbol I, I integrated in the film. It was already in the second treatment version, like uh, the, the title as it is, 20,000 Species of Bees. That's was, unusual, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the beginning, it was a working title, but uh, finally I, find, I found out that uh, it worked. People got it. People remember the film. But uh, yes, it was intuitive in the terms that I, I, I really knew that they are the guarantors of the diversity. The bees are the guarantors of diversity in nature. For me, trans identities is one of the possible human identities, uh, a representation of, uh, of our diversity as humans, yeah. no? So, and there is a great value on that. So I started like re uh, researching on the bees, so I could uh, find out any other metaphors that I could bring to the film. And I found out a really old Basque ballad that was uh, talking about the, that the bees are considered uh, sacred animals in the Basque ancient culture. So we, the Basque, were referring to the bees in the most uh, respectful register of their language which is not the same for the rest of the animals. And we had to communicate to them uh, all every important uh, event happening within the family, both uh, deaths or births. And I found out that really 
interesting for the narrative, yeah, because uh, there is uh, like a great uh, important event happening here in this family, and that means a great transformation. So, so I tried to to bring it to the film, but also, yes, this uh, helped me to to make this portrait of a family because. Uh, in the beehive also, the beehive is a community, it's a, it's as a family uh, that works as an organic being, but at the same time is composed by different members and yeah. each member has its own role within the beehive yeah. and all of them are necessary so the beehive can survive. They are ones that take care of the queen, but also the workers. Among the workers, there are many different uh, ones with different roles, and all of them are absolutely necessary. And, and for me, this is also like a kind of portrait of what I'm trying to say uh, about yeah. this family and how different all of them are, but how necessary values for community and for the family. It's beautifully done. Before I ask you what you're up to next, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with regards to this film, whether it's in terms of what you hope audiences will get from it or what you're hoping to say? You know, because sometimes I think that with words uh, we condemn mm. the, the meanings, the message. I can, I can say something now, but uh, it's for sure much less than what I wanted to, to express by all the little details, the different layers, but ultimately is, yeah, that um, difference, it's not uh, something that has to threaten us, what is different to us, uh, what is uh, unknown for us, doesn't mean to be something we have to reject or we have to, to deny, because uh, I, I find that when we approach and we and we put uh, life and people in the center of the debate, uh, we start a new dialogue possible, which is not the one that most of uh, political and the mediatic discussion is doing. It's completely different because there are many, many, many interests that are not specifically the people in the middle of the issue. They are economic or power or political interests that really don't uh, help to understand what these people are really going through and all the suffering that is being caused just because uh, an idea of uh, what in this case what being trans means or in many other fields like political uh, situation that we are living nowadays uh, regarding other conflicts. It's like a, a kind of eulogy of, uh, to the possibility of, of live together, understand together and, and uh, live peacefully as long as we are here. Yes. It's a wonderful message and it's such a subtle and beautiful film. Tell me what you are up to next after this. I'm not working on anything right now because, well, it's been a really hard and demanding process, not only the film, but because also I my, my last short film, Cuerdas, uh, that also went very well uh, internationally. It was premiered at Cannes and the, at the Critics Week. And that happened just like four weeks before the shooting of the film started. So for me, these three last years have been 
well, um, the film, it's like a five years process, but in the meantime, other projects also happened. A lot of things going on and well, my, my life at, as it used to be has completely disappeared. <laughs> so I guess uh, I, can, I can recover it a little bit to have some rest and to start growing or, uh, and feeding new files so new flora and fauna can, yes. can start uh, growing there no? and, and try to feel like uh, touched and moved by other things and, and, and issues that ultimately could lead me to, to start working. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next, but meantime, have a very well-deserved rest. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining Girls on Film. Yes, thank, thank you. you. That was writer-director Estebaliz Orrezola Solagoren. You can watch 20,000 Species of Bees from the 27th of October in UK cinemas or at home with Curzon Home Cinema. Girls on Film is an HLA production, brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, producer Lydia Scott, audio editor Emma Butt, and intern Charlotte Matheson. Many thanks to our partners for this episode, Curzon Film. I'm Anna Smith, and thank you for listening to Girls on Film. But yeah, astonishing performance by that child. Absolutely amazing. And Sofia Otero, incredible performance. I believe she's continuing in film and I can't wait to see what she blossoms into because like, as you say, such maturity, incredible.